very serious podcast featuring a discussion of pop culture and why we think you should like what we like. You should trust us because we're librarians. She gets so squeaky when she says that. Because we're librarians? Because you a should librarian. trust us. I'm so happy. Okay. That's, oh, it's joy. Me. I'm Anna and I just ate two Oreos. They were delicious. What kind of Oreos? The ones that were left over from Aline's lunch. No, so, I mean, what flavor? Double stuffish. I don't really like weird oh. flavored Oreos, except sometimes minty ones or chocolate ones. Anything mm-hmm, beyond mm-hmm. that is not my jam. I'm mm-hmm. Aline, and I'm drinking a Woodchuck semi-dry hard cider. Come Every couple of weeks, we will get together and chat about a couple of pop culture topics, what we think and how we feel. We'll end the show with our current obsessions. Our guest today is Paula, returning guest. Welcome back, yeah. Paula. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it sounds so professional. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Way to stay on brand. Oh, she's already <laughs> tweeted about this. Somebody, uh, yeah, I did. She's so in. <laughs> How you doing? Great. This is awesome. Okay. Well, we're here. We're having an emergency podcast. This is an emergency recording, recording. session due to the return of the Gilmore Girls to our lives. Welcome back, Gilmore Girls. So we're going to talk about the new, we'll call it a season, I guess, <laughs> of the Gilmore Girls appearing on Netflix. Which yeah, warning, think... warning, warning, warning. We're going to, there are going to be spoilers. So we are going to spoil it, every frame of it. So stop now if you haven't watched it. You can pause us. You can come back. If you don't have Netflix, I'm sorry. I think that's obnoxious that they are releasing it that way but i guess yeah that's how it goes it'll probably be available for the libraries to purchase shortly probably eventually but if you are okay with spoilers this is going to be a good listen well i hope so we anticipate it will be might end up being a lot of griping (laughs) (laughs) okay as long as you're positive i am positive i'm positive that i want to talk before we get started on the new season uh, we talk about our history with the Gilmore Girls. Uh, did we watch it live? Did we watch it as youngsters? <laughs> That's not very nice. <laughs> Unpublishable hand gesture. We'll start with Paula. Paula, what's, what's your that? Gilmore Girls history? I think I watched it in real time in probably high school. So, I don't, man, I don't know. I don't even know when it aired. It seems to me, if I'm remembering it correctly, which I'm probably not, for me it was like hand-in-hand with Dawson's Creek Mm. in terms of I was in love with every single boy on there, and I just wanted them to be my boyfriend. So, yeah, high school, (laughs) real time, totally obsessed with the boys. Okay. Even Luke, even Luke, because, I mean, he's great. How about you, Ellie? I watched all of the seasons of the Gilmore Girls over the course of three or four months about four years ago. I did not watch it live. My mom noticed it in syndication and watched some of it and told me that it was great. And then I borrowed it from a friend and got 
And I checked it out from the library. And then I borrowed the last couple of seasons from a friend. And so, but I watched it in really short order and I really liked it. I just sort of soaked it in, even though I was far, far older than its target demographic. I was uh, younger than Lorelai when I watched it the first time. But I'm very close to her age now, so. In the new one. Yeah, so yeah. maybe. Maybe I so you did feel the that math really, wrong or something. Yeah, that you've really grown with Lorelai. I'm pretty Lorelai aged. <laughs> I'm younger. Younger. Dear readers, <laughs> listeners. I am younger than Lorelai. Also, I have no daughter. Correct. What that about you, Anna? I caught it in syndication when I was watching like half episodes of season four. And I was like, oh, I like this show. Even though whatever scheduling thing was only allowing me to see partial episodes. <laughs> So then I started watching it when it aired in real time, because this is, like, they would, I don't know, I don't remember what. Did they play, like, 30-minute versions of that? No, episode? no, it was oh. it was whole hours, but I, like, had to leave for work, or I got home from work at 4.30. You know, like, there was, for some reason, I could only see the second half or the first half, I don't remember which. So I started watching, I think, in season five, and then I watched from there on, which was not really the optimal. No. <laughs> But really... I went back and watched all of the seasons, except I still haven't seen some of the, the episodes in season seven. Is that I... the last one? Yeah. I'm going to be honest, you guys. I have not seen any of season seven. Mm, well... You're probably happier. Yeah, I, mean, I kind I of I think refused. Eileen saw season seven, but she also said things to me while watching that indicated that she did not remember anything about season seven. Yeah, or... I read the synopsis and I was glad to have not. Not. Yeah. For example, she asked me who April was. Who's April? Oh my god, she's the worst. That's the answer. Like, I didn't even watch her, and when she showed up in the revival, I was like, no! You still don't know who April is. No, is April like Paul? Is April Paul's sister? No, April is Luke's daughter. <laughs> that would be the most boring spinoff in the world. Right? April and Paul, nobody remembers us. Oh, oh okay, so it's Luke's daughter. But I see but... it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, it, I, wait, who's her mom? Um, Sherilyn Finn. Oh, oh yeah. right. Oh, I like Sherilyn Finn. <laughs> oh, Audrey. Anyhow, maybe now you'll remember who April is, is by the transitive property of Sherilyn Finn. Maybe. Oh, April. So here's a question for before and after purposes. What? So you said, Paula, that you like the boys on the show. Was that, like, your primary reason for watching? Yeah, I think the, well, Rory. Because I think she's, I'm two years older than her her supposed age in the show. So it's kind of my jam, like high school, middle school age. But I think now re-watching it, I identify with the older characters. Yeah, I think that's true of most of the people I've talked to. Yeah, I've actually dumped Lorelai and I'm now identifying with Emily. <gasps> oh my god, right? Even though she's terrible. She really is terrible in the she's best possible cruel. way. No, I think she's cruel. No, no, she's cruel. She has like a vicious expression yeah. when she knows she's scored a hit. Ugh. But I my notes got... say Kelly Bishop is really good at her job. Yes, she's <laughs> incredible. She needs an Emmy. Is that what they do for TV? Yeah. Yes. She needs a TV Oscar. She so, needs a TV so Oscar. Yeah. She... she broke me, man. Yeah, and also she wants to go to Washington to die because they let you do that there. I know! 
I don't know why that made me excited. I always am shrieking and applauding whenever someone mentions Washington or Seattle. I'm sure it right. annoys the heck out of Anna, but <laughs> that one was particularly great. Yeah, so, that was a good reference. The first time around, Eileen, you empathized with Lorelai. Is that what you're saying? No, see, I liked the Lorelai and Rory thing because I'm pretty close to my mom. Yep. And so I don't... It, and my mom and I are not like Lorelai and Rory at all, but their closeness and their rapport was something I really identified with and connected with. So kind of both directions of that, even because I'm more of a contemporary of Lorelai's, and so her references are her pop more more relevant to me. When they go to the Bengals, you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Makes sense. I didn't have, like, the mother-daughter relationship thing. I just appreciated... I appreciate the the pop culture references, and I like like Lorelai, and I liked Emily... I didn't, and I like Paris. We love Paris. In the younger generation. I didn't care much for Rory, and I do not care for any of her boyfriends. Any of them? Any of them. We can talk about this later. We will have beefs. Yeah, I'm not on team any of them. Not on team any of them. Um, (laughs) We're team Paris all the way. Right. But I did, I like the fact that there were uh, a lot of just women on the show characters who are women suki and the relationships between them yeah exactly that's not something that there was a lot of then and there's not something that there's a ton of now one of the things i was disappointed with in this reboot season was that the women's relationships all seemed to be about like they weren't talking to each other about anything but various men it was like a mostly failing the Bechdel test (laughs) (laughs) yes season Uh, yeah structuring it around like the loss of Richard slash Edward Herman yeah perfect sense like how they would deal with that but that meant it was all focused around that and for the whole four four episodes I would say like that was a an ongoing grief Mm mm-hmm I wonder if that changed, like, if he wouldn't have passed away. Yeah, did, I was curious did... about that, too. I don't remember the yeah. timing of when they, like, decided to do this and when he died. Right. Yeah, I wonder if she always knew that if she could do it again, what she would have happen and if it changed when he passed away. Yeah, and, it, you know, it just seemed like, you know, Luke and Lorelai, are they going to have kids? Are they going to get married? Uh... That didn't make any sense. Right. It didn't. It was just things that we don't care about. That sounds like it's more more season seven. And they well, they've been together for ten years. Yeah. Right. And now this is going to be some kind of crisis. They acted like a little bit. They acted like nobody had talked to each other in the intervening right. ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think I mean I understand it was sort of a plot device to reflect that Lorelai just sort of bulldozes everyone. But they could have chosen any other topic. Like, there's no way that I believe that in the past 10 years they didn't talk about having kids. So, I don't know. It was weird. Okay, so why don't you give us, Paula, your overall feelings? Pro, con, what do you think they did well? And then we we can go and let's just talk about what they did well. And then we can talk about things that bugged us. Okay. Oh, man. See, at first I watched it and I was like, I love this. I love everything about it. Can't get enough. I watched all four episodes in one night. I just was like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this. I stayed up. I stayed up later than Jason. <gasps> I know. Wow. 
I stayed up so late because I had to finish it. So I loved it and I was sobbing and laughing and stuff. But now, you know, like everything's settled. I'm reading critiques of it. I don't know if I have it in me to rewatch it, but I definitely think there are things that were imperfect about it. But I loved it. I think it's just like anything that comes back. I missed. Actually, you know what? I don't care about Miss Patty. Is that blasphemous? Like they show all the people we're supposed to like love from Stars Hall. I don't care about Miss Patty. I didn't need the musical. I don't really like that weird guy Kirk. I know I'm supposed was, to love all. There was people. way too much Kirk. Way too much yeah. Kirk. I would have much rather take like take all of Kirk and his Uber thing and give all of that screen time to like Michelle or Paris or yep, whatever. Yep. Just way how better. About, how about the Life and Death Brigade? Can we get rid of them? <laughs> Which one's that? Those are those boys from Yale. That... Oh my god! Ugh. Like Finn, the weird... Yes, the weird... all of them. Oh, I have so many. Okay, first of all, that whole segment, the last night of whatever, I just fast-forwarded. It was so dumb. and so unrealistic. I know everything in Stars Hollow is unrealistic, but this whole steampunk weird tango club that's never existed, that all of a sudden exists... All of it was so dumb and so like okay, a guy rides by on a unicycle and he's like, "Get ready, that's creepy." Why did she not call the cops? That is, well, because she's in is, New England, and I can tell you that things like that happen in New England all the time. All the time, you just never yeah. know. Oh my god! <laughs> all right, I, I want to focus on what they did well. Right, right. Before right. we nitpick, you're the one who brought up the Life and Death Brigade. I am sorry, I just had to. <laughs> I really never liked them. Well, okay, so they did some good callbacks, I think, fan service with uh, Dean popping in. Even though he was kind of boring, it was nice that they brought him in, and it was like, hi. I don't know, for someone who liked it so much, I'm having a really hard time thinking of what they did right. I think they did it. I mean, okay. It's hard to talk about what they did well without without also dipping in. So I think, in general, they did well with Emily's storyline. Yeah, okay. They did a good job. They did a really good job with the grieving widow processing and dealing. And, like, letting go of things. And yeah, we can talk about her relationship with her Portuguese servant family (sighs) in the not-so-well-done part later. Right, yeah. But in in general, like, her complaint with Lorelai about you can't, figure out one nice thing to say about your father when I ask you to or just pass that that seemed legit yeah um she was brutal in their kitchen argument but that was like a callback to any number of previous kitchen arguments they did a lot really well of having touchstones for fans I don't think that the flickering through of the tiniest cameos just to have people yeah. like swing by before lunch one day and film <laughs> for 10 minutes. I, I don't yeah. know if it, um, not all of it was relevant to the threads that they were pulling out, but it, I know that it was one of those really awesome things. I wanted to see something that I saw in the X-Files reboot. I wanted to see like occasional super fans, either celebrity or non-celebrity get to show up and do something. Yeah, like, would it have been great if Brian Cranston was in the X-Files revival? Yeah. It'd be great. It'd be awesome. And, so but good. I, wa- I wanted to see some of that, because there are a million people who totally love the Gilmore Girls, and, I mean, having Peter Krause be a ranger is cool, but I wanted more 
of right. that kind of action. Like, get some of those Mad Men people in. Rory was on Mad Men. She was. They totally could have had people in there. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I like that idea. I liked seeing Jason Ritter. Yeah. Yep. I love him. Did you guys watch Parenthood? No. no. Oh my god, it's so ridiculously good. <laughs> I I think I saw an episode or something, and I and I thought this is brilliant. This is great. I should watch this, and then it didn't pan out. It's it. it's also what? like just a bunch of rich people being kind of whiny. Like there's not a whole <laughs> lot of likable. Oh, that's my favorite genre. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I just get sucked in. It's just really like they're all just too like. It, Lauren Graham plays. She's like the poor one of the family, and it, she's not poor. It's ridiculous, but anyways, that's uh, a whole so other podcast. As, I do love Lauren Graham. As far as Lorelai's storyline, I thought that, given that she was having a midlife, let's call it a midlife crisis or like okay. a crisis of identity or something. I'm not sure what it was spurred by, since Rory is thirty, whatever. Yeah. So it's not like you know she's gone and now Lorelai doesn't have her daughter to. So she's having I her think midlife it could crisis. Be the career stuff with Michelle leaving. That's true. Suki's Suki been gone. gone. So anyway, yeah. it seemed in character for her to be like, Suki's coming back, so I'm not gonna let anyone touch her kitchen. And but then yeah. also freaking out with Michelle mm-hmm. leaving, but being unable to change anything. I felt like it. See, this is just gonna be like another complaint. I feel like it took her too long to to solve the Michelle problem. Like she was just like oh, we don't have room to expand. And it's like, why don't you just look at another building? Yes, because something else about New England is every single town has empty mill buildings that could be used for any number of development opportunities. And the midlife crisis thing, I was I was critiquing the midlife crisis because, of course, I did it differently. And <laughs> I, so I, I am thinking that there probably isn't just one way to have a midlife what? crisis but, I, yeah, but having done it having I, had a midlife I crisis. have thoughts about how to handle it yes yeah I, I did I did very much appreciate the book versus movie wild uh, <laughs> yes. joke because that that was an awesome over long joke there were over long jokes that I didn't like but the wild the wild yeah. book versus Stuff movie was great. joke was, it, it may have gone on too long, but it was uh, endearing every time. Yeah. Well, it was perfect, because of course we run into that in yeah, our all line the of time. work. <laughs> yeah. The book versus the movie, The Purists. Sorry. So, yeah, that wasn't a long it, joke. I mean, we can turn now, we can turn now to Rory, and, and I don't think that there's... Can we turn and collectively slap her in unison? <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think there's much to, if we assume that, as the Washington Post article s- says, Rory's a monster, they did a great job of portraying that. They did a very <laughs> good job. But Such if we, a good job of making me hate her. Right. It was oh, just right. unfortunate. Because I didn't hate her before. I just didn't relate to her struggles on any level. Well, right. I, f- I felt that I think I said this that Rory Rorying works a lot better from fifteen to twenty two than it does at thirty two. Yeah, I mean she's basically the same as as when we left off. Just she instead of getting everything she wants, she's not. But right. I mean she doesn't seem older than she should not seem thirty two. That is not a thirty two year old 
that's in my group. And neither is that weird group of 30-year-olds. The 30-something club. (laughs) What is that even? We do not have drink your milkshake parties. I think that was just a joke. joke. Yeah. But they're right. So I was thinking about, I was talking about this with a coworker and saying that while you don't have to have absolutely everything in place by the time you're 32, you've worked on some aspect of it. So in some life, you might have gotten married and had a kid by then and in some other life you would have made some progress in your career rather than having three articles published another career right or figured out that it's not going to work and figured out what you're actually going to do yeah it seems so to me it seemed like they didn't focus enough on her career to like make her seem like she had actually had one Mm -hmm. uh but they also didn't focus enough on her romantic life in a way that would make anyone happy. So any shippers <laughs> who wanted her with Logan would be disappointed. Anyone who wanted her with Jess might have an an inkling that they might get together. And anyone who wanted with Dean knows that Dean has four children or whatever. Yeah, Dean's not going to happen. Sorry, guys. Well. That's okay. Oh I don't like Logan or Jess or Dean. So I was you like... You only like Paris. I only like Paris. But I, in my notes it says, Logan in every episode, someone hates me. <laughs> there was an awful lot of Logan. There's so lot much Logan. Logan. I think probably because he's the, like, the only one not working. Like, Dean's still on. Since the good um, wife is off the air, yeah. Oh, oh my god, you're right. Okay, yeah. Like, well, maybe he did work. Yeah, he's not working. But, like, Jess is on the, I call it Parenthood 2. This is us. It's oh, just... he's on This is Us. Oh, he's on that? He is. Oh, yes, oh good. So good. Let's not watch that. No, we won't. Oh, no, it's so good. No. I love Mila Ventimiglia. It's not, I'm sorry about you not liking Jess. <laughs> yeah, he's really good at being other people. Mm-hmm. And you get to see him with a weird mustache. It's pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, That does sound weird. Oh, oh, the thing that we didn't say that was good, that they did well, is that, like, the first, Michelle walks on screen, yes. and he talks oh. about his husband, Frederick. Right off the bat. That was I know. beautiful. That's, like, the yeah. first thing that drops, and you're like, yay, I think we might have high-fived. I think yeah. we did. But... Well, they ignored it for so long. But we can also I... now talk about the complete lack of gayness, other than the slight nod to the gay pride parade. and so, uh, Which was a too long joke, that they're, dr- <laughs> you know, they do the town hall thing, and they're like, we need to have a gay pride parade, but we've only got the one gay, so how are we going to manage the the paltry gayness present in Stars mm-hmm. Hollow? Yeah, yeah, we get it. You're not a real diverse crowd. Right. So, hardy har har. Why don't you drive that point home a little longer? <laughs> yeah, just keep hitting it. I feel like we're really just avoiding what we really want to talk about, which is everything that was wrong with it. Well, we're we're not doing a very good job of avoiding it. So we're going to start with item number one, which is a longstanding pet peeve of ours. Cups with nothing in them. Oh my goodness. The opening scene, they meet at the gazebo and Lorelai hands Rory an empty coffee cup. Do they know that we can tell? They must know. They have and the now, internet. Now they just... I know. Like like Amy Sheridan Palladino has not seen everyone complaining about the empty coffee cups. She They're knows. sitting at the table in the house. We can see down can into see them. inside the cup. It's empty. Yeah. And they don't even disguise the noise. 
The non-noise. Yeah, the hollow sound of an empty cup. Oh my god, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yes, that is totally maddening. Yes. Uh, Yes. I'm just going to go down my list and we can discuss. Okay, yeah. So, Boyfriend Paul was another long run. I'm going to call it a gag, even though it was not funny, that made Rory seem mean. Monstrous. That she has a boyfriend who no one can remember, that she can't even remember to break up with, who was actually sweet and thoughtful. Toward... He showed up with a wrench. Yeah, for Luke. I and know. that she doesn't break up with until the last episode. Well, no, and he nobody up calls her. her on it. So, like, sometimes when she is being selfish or unreasonable... Someone will say, well, you know, Rory, this, that, or the other thing. Like, Luke was always the voice of reason when they were being ridiculous. And even he is on board with the Paul nonsense. Right. Well, okay. I'm a sucker for a this person is forgettable joke. They they do it on uh, uh, Arrested Development, and it's hilarious. So I, I, I quite like it. But I also don't think, in what world does the Rory Gilmore that we knew date that guy it's just not possible well i mean when does she date that guy and also sleep with logan whenever she's in right well and i think part of the reason that they make it seem acceptable for her to be so horrible is because he is also always traveling so it's not like he's sitting at home pining for her which doesn't make it better but i think they think it's supposed to because he's like a jet setter i don't know yeah i don't know either but i have a little note that says Break up with Paul equals break up with Logan. So she spent she spent three episodes, three and a half episodes, needing to break up with both of them. Yes. Oh. Maybe Paul is like a stand-in like for a stand-in. her. Yeah. Maybe. I think we're giving them too much credit. <laughs> we're trying to make it work for us. <laughs> I did spend the whole series waiting for the theme song and if they had not ended on the theme song I would have thrown a fit. Right? Yes. So I'm glad that they did because there wasn't any reason not to use it at the beginning except to see if we were paying attention. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't use it at the beginning of every stinking hour and a half long episode. I don't know. I mean, we should have just played our version over the credits from the <laughs> We should have just stopped it. <laughs> yeah. Just stopped it and been like Theme song break. Theme song. We could have done that. Do you think you'll rewatch it ever? I think I might rewatch the original series. Yeah. But I don't know if I'll rewatch this. It'll. Because uh, it, I have this to refer back to. Yeah. So I probably won't. Because I don't think. I think that the original series did all of the things that this was trying to do and it did it better and more tolerably. And I don't know if it's going to hold up. Yeah. Good question. So it might it be worth me, watching season one. It made me want one. to watch it. So yeah, I'm on board. We could revisit it. I don't know if I could go back. Well, maybe you couldn't. Some of us didn't grow up with the Gilmore Girls, so we. Don't well, have that. I feel like it would be hard for me to care about Rory's high school stuff now. As long as but... Paris is there, I'm fine. So oh, as someone who watched it when I was way too old to care about anybody's high school business, yeah. it was it was good. Okay, that makes me feel better. I did like the casting of Alex Kingston, who never ages, as far as I can tell. Ever. She looks the same as she did when she was on ER. I know, that's exactly what I said. 
insane. I was like, it's Dr. Insane. Corday, and she looks and- exactly the same. <laughs> yes, exactly the same. Oh, man, it's crazy. Although that was another storyline that didn't really go anywhere. Correct. It did not like, go anywhere, but she did, she, I mean, she played her role admirably. Mm-hmm. I was glad to see her. Maybe that should be another spinoff show, but that one would be a good one. Oh my god, Paris and that lady on a road trip. Let's have that happen. Wow, that would be something. Yes. I'd watch that. Me, I would I would watch I would watch Paris just like do her bills. Me too. So I gotta say, after shipping Rory and Paris for the intervening ten years of the end of everything, <laughs> I think that Paris deserves better than Rory. Yeah. I <laughs> yes. I mean I don't they left her relationship with Doyle sort of open ended. Oh my god, Doyle is such a dork. Yeah. Why is that happening? Well, what? it happened. Why did it happen? I don't know. Because they didn't know what to do with Paris. Correct. I saw somebody tweet out something about they want us. They would watch the show post divorce. Paris realizing she's a lesbian. Okay, I think sold. That would be a great show. Yeah, she would be or like, even, what am I yeah. supposed to do with this? <laughs> Lesbian, bisexual, whatever. Let's just follow Paris around. On her journey. Yeah. Okay. When she doesn't care about Doyle or Tristan, what? Yeah, uh, that was... I mean, as much as I love that bathroom scene, which just is the best scene ever of all ever, yes. I just wish she wasn't talking about maybe she's still in love with Tristan. Yeah, right. that was I mean, not um, a thing. It was wonderful to get a Paris meltdown. Yes. And because Paris meltdowns are beautiful things. And the reason for the Paris meltdown is... Yeah, why does it have to be about a guy? Well, why does everything have to be about a guy? Well, because this is the Gilmore Girls. (sighs) Sorry, no, Gilmore Girls, not the. Drop the the. It's pressure. Oh, boy. Who is paying for Rory's plane tickets? Is it Logan who's paying for her to fly out? Hmm. Because she's like, I'm broke, and I don't have a job, and I don't... I don't have an underwear. I don't have underwear. I don't have anything. I can't even pay for underwear. I, For some reason, I had enough money to ship all my boxes 20 different places. Oh, man. This is... You gotta just not ask these questions. But I need to know. Like, that doesn't no. make any sense. Because this is like asking how the cast of Friends could afford those apartments. It's well, just... Well, it's not, how no. could they? Tell <laughs> me. It's, it's television. One of them is a barista. <laughs> and a horrible one. I don't know. These are just, just... You have to suspend your disbelief. Of everything. Oh my gosh. Right now I'm looking at... just I'm just like Googling Liza Weil because she's Shh. so, so, so cute. She's 5'4". She's so tiny. Oh my god. I'm 5'4". How adorable. Actually, I think oh. I'm 5'3". <laughs> no way. Yeah. That means she's taller than you. That's nuts. She looked like... I don't know why, but in the bathroom scene when she, like, kicked the door, like, even her little high heels were too big for her tiny feet. And I was like, (laughs) she's, like, clomping around. And those are probably, like, size five shoes, and they're too big for her. I'm just a giant. Yeah. No. Paula's not a giant. I didn't think so. I am a sturdy (laughs) 5'5". Oh, I'm a (laughs) few inch taller than her. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's a shocker. So I have a note here, I think after the beginning of episode two, it says Max Logan achieved. <laughs> so that was your tolerance. That was for my Logan. tolerance for Logan. It was achieved. Yeah. After one episode. I'm proud of myself for lasting that long. I think I have to say I hated Logan 
always, but he kind of grew on me in the revival, and I don't know why. I don't know I, why either. <laughs> I think he just seemed, he seemed kind of sweet, and like, I know we're not supposed to feel sorry for rich people, but it seems like he doesn't really want to marry Odette, and he's just... It seemed uh, like he didn't want to marry her, but also that he was like, but why can't you just sleep with me whenever I want you to sleep with me, and we don't have to tell anyone, and... Well, I mean... I won't actually be available to you if you need me. I think Rory was pretty on board with that whole thing. She seemed on board with it. it until she wasn't. But she also had a boyfriend. Right. The entire time. And I feel like she was on board with it till she wasn't, and then that's when she ended it. So that's pretty... I mean, that's that's a legit way to handle your life. Yes, like, oh, is. okay, this is working, and now it's not, and I'm done. Except for with Paul. Ugh, she is the worst. Right. Uh, so... <laughs> Pro or con on Stars Hall of the Musical? Delete. Yeah. Delete the storyline. I don't need anything. I like Sutton Foster. That's great. Yeah, we uh, like Sutton Foster. We were yep. glad to see her and the other Bunheads. People. Right, exactly. But Multiple Bunheads. Yep. Yeah, I don't need it in my life. But they put in, I have them listed, they put in four musical numbers from the musical. Oh no, God. five can... Because there was that one that they came back for. Yep. And they were the whole number, not just, like, clips of them. And there was another number we didn't see about the Civil War. Oh, my God. It made us talk about the things that were running too long. That Every every scene seemed to be running longer than you would expect. Like, it wasn't very tight. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because they had, like, Netflix saying, you do what you need to do. And they didn't have the structure of a traditional hour-long commercial break bam 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 you have to wrap it up by the end wrap it up but like it was a very indulgent setup yeah i just didn't need the musical especially i didn't need all the musical numbers to be honest that's another part i fast forwarded through well you really missed that out. was a good choice you i made. yeah didn't need it in my life okay we talked about um, a lot of things, and then I just looked, turned the page, and some notes that I don't re- re- didn't remember taking. And in the fall episode, when Emily is buying the house in Nantucket, and things are like wrapping up, and mm-hmm. she has rechristened the clam shack, <laughs> and she's docenting at the whaling museum, and giving money to Lorelai for the project. All of the Emily, everything about Emily was awesome. Right. I feel like she was true to herself, but she had development and she grew. And I feel like we just said this, but I'm back on it because I'm trying to think positively about stuff. And I don't want to keep complaining about things like the fact that they mispronounced glug. (laughs) Why? What is that? It's It's a a Scandinavian mulled wine, get drunk in the winter thing. I know, but they, what did they really call it? Glog. Glog. No, it's glug. Yes. Like, put some oomph in it, guys. Yes. Glog. And so, and they said glog like 17 times, and I, every time I was shouting, it's glug. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Come on. So that was bothering me. Yeah. I really liked that Paris lets me stay at her place when I'm in New York. Because Rory has a key to Paris's place. I don't know who is worse with kids, though, Paris or Rory. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like, I like that Paris is like, oh, you'll do that, Rory? She should know better. Yeah, Rory, <laughs> I'll take your kids out and then be on my phone while they 
sit near me. Hopefully. Yeah, eating things Those... off the ground in the playground. Yeah, yeah, one's on the ground. I'm I've got my three phones sitting out. No, 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 no. I thought it was interesting. So I was thinking about the musical and how she's on the committee, but she's how Lorelai over the course of the series and still now is she's lived in the town for a long time, the majority of her life now. By the time this is thirty-two airing. years, well, since she was sixteen. Yeah, she well, moved yeah, I there guess when she had the, when she had Rory. She moved there and started working at the Dragonfly. So she's been in the town for the majority of her life, but she still like acts like she's not part of it. She's an observer, mm-hmm. like she's above it, the mm-hmm. shenanigans of the town. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that she like maintains that distance of like being an outsider, even though she's been there forever been there forever it's pretty easy to do that in new england because if your grandparents didn't live in your town then you are a newcomer uh-huh <laughs> this is a thing you know this no i don't uh, oh okay well that's a that's she's, a thing because she's not a newcomer yeah but i don't she is a newcomer i, I am a newcomer oh, oh we're all newcomers forever oh. i don't know i grew up in puyallup i think it's pretty easy to be like i'm not from here even when you're still there like this is not i'm not mm -mm, nope well and you know rory comes back and everybody's like welcome back rory and she is so adamant and insistent that she's not back i think that's more because she because when you are back that means you failed and she thinks like staying at home would be failure but she kind of did fail so i mean (laughs) she was like i'm not back what else is that from i'm not back that's from something famous. Is it? Welcome back. I'm not back. I don't know. It's another show. Well, I have the internet at my hands. Why am I not looking it up? We'll have I don't to know. figure it out. The so we can talk for a second about the long running Berta joke. So I'm glad that Emily has managed to hang on to a maid longer than an episode because in the first series she had a different maid every episode. And she was unconscionably rude to most of them. Yes. yes. And I don't know what made her change gears with Berta, but the representation of Berta and Berta's family was deeply, deeply offensive. Yeah. <laughs> Very uncomfortable. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the idea was there. And I'm not sure why they thought it was okay in this day and age, in this specific moment in time to be like i don't know what language that is hardy har har every episode every every episode, episode. like she still don't know what language is and even, even the captions yeah. i don't know if you watched with the captions paula but it said birda's yeah. language or what? like for you know like strange language oh my god yeah and so she's there a year and you can't bother to find out what language she speaks like it's not that hard you guys we have google translate there's Babblefish. I don't know. It's just bizarre to me. Someplace that rich. Her. Or ask her or pay for her to get English lessons. Like, you can get stuff free at the library, but somehow Emily Gilmore has not figured out how to figure out where her maid is from. Ugh, and then it's her maid. Ugh, the whole thing is just gross. Yeah, agreed. Nope, nope, nope. And then all, like, all of her family moves in because immigrants have big families. Right, and they all need jobs. And they all need jobs, and they're all good at random things, and there's kids, and we don't know who's they are. Oh, it's just gross. 
They Delete. like soccer. They like soccer. They like soccer. <sighs> no. So, yeah. So none of that. And we noticed the slight edge of meanness. And I think it was da- Daniel Palladino's episodes more than Amy Sherman Palladino's. But like when they were fat shaming people at the pool, for example. Oh, yeah. Not a fan. Why? And we were talking, you were, Ellen was saying that, that they often made fun of people in the first series. They always made fun of people, but it was always like a wit thing. It was never a physical thing. Right. They're, I mean, they, and they would like skirt around people being, you know, they would be funny about people. Like Lorelai was always making fun of Dean because he was Dean. And, but they weren't sitting at the pool judging people and being openly cruel. Yeah, it wasn't, like, like malicious. Yeah. It was more just, like, ironically snooty. Which is something I do. Yeah, making fun of people's bodies? I don't know. Not... Another thing that just seems really dated. Like, maybe that was funny in 1995? I don't know. I don't think so. But maybe it was more acceptable then? <laughs> yeah, maybe funny isn't the right word, but acceptable. Because, yeah, it just seemed like really lazy writing. Yes, exactly. And, yeah. The last note note I have here is that, so when Rory decides that she needs to, like, the only thing she can write about is herself, (laughs) and she needs to write the book of her experience with Lorelai, and Lorelai says no, there seems to be an expectation on everyone's part that the artists can make art out of anything they say they need to make art out of. Yeah. Even if it might hurt someone, or even if it's not their own experience, like, it's not all of her story. Right. So, and we should just let her do that because that's what she needs. Which I because found, we've always let Rory do whatever she needs. I just found that deeply disturbing. <laughs> yeah, well, it's weird because I do think also it is really out of character for Lorelai to say no to that. I don't know. It just seems like something she would automatically love. But I do get that, like, you can't just say, well, this is what I want to do. It also seemed out of character for Rory to be so mean about it. Like in the cemetery fight. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get that fight at all. It's like, why? What? No. I don't know. I don't either. You don't? I don't know. I like that you noticed a, a deeper symbolism of, like, an artist being able to do whatever they want. Because I was just like, ugh, Rory's weird. <laughs> uh, who, so, we'll ask you the question, who do you ship Rory with? Jess! Really? forever so people love jess and why why yeah, explain do... this to us because we yeah can help us understand a have you seen him yeah Two. he's three feet tall yeah but Two. logan and dean are also attractive don't short shame him <laughs> i am short i get to short shame him um dean is so boring lord that kid is like the color beige incarnate that yes. is, there's nothing going there. Yes. Two, Jess is like the typical bad boy with a golden heart. He wears a leather jacket. His hair is amazing. It's perfect. <laughs> he reads. <laughs> he reads books. Uh, oh, wait. It, did he really carry around Ketra in the Rye? Yeah, he was doing something that's, really, really annoying. Uh, that's not... That appealing. makes it bad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna repress that memory if that's the... Because I remember like in the first 
first whatever he showed up he was like running the track he and also he stole books. one of rory's books and then made a bunch of notes in it and then returned it to her i was loving that Ugh. but i wonder how i would feel about it now like as a grown <laughs> as a grown person woman yeah who doesn't care if like just like, like i don't want you to not. mansplain all over my book but thanks <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Yes, I love that. Okay, wait. And then D, Jess is the best one because he's the one who lets Rory be herself. Wait, 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 wait. How do we know? Because he's always like he encouraged her to go back to Yale. He is the one who like this book, right? Even though it's like a it's like a dumb book, but I don't know. He's he's just the the guy. I don't know. You can just tell. He's just the, it's the... He's her lobster. He's her lobster. Yeah. That's a Friends reference. Okay. We're gonna need to make Anna watch some Friends so that she can catch up with the 21st century. No, catch up with the 20th century. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, right. Who do you ship Rory with, Anna? I don't ship her with anyone. I think she should... Spoiler alert... She should raise her child as a single parent. If she can find the Wookiee, I guess they can raise it together if she wants. But It is so not the Wookiee's baby. I think it is. I think it is, too. I think they want you to think it's either Wookiee or Logan's, but you know whose I think it is? Paul's. I think it's Jess's. I she think they hooked with Jess. That we know of. Twist. No. I think they hooked up and didn't show I bet it. it's Paul's baby. It's oh. Paul's baby. <laughs> so, Did they even ever have time to sleep together? The truth is, I don't care whose baby it is, because I don't care about Rory being pregnant. I well, kind of want her to have an abortion. Yes, Yes, exactly. we totally were talking about that. We were like, you know what this story needs? This story needs some choice. <laughs> yeah, it needs some abortion. I don't know if she will, because I think the whole point of her pregnancy is to, like, full circle yes, the thing is. with her mom. Yes, it is. But... I mean, an abortion would she be great. She can't even take care of herself. She can't even buy underwear, which you can get in a five-pack of Hanes at <laughs> CVS. She cannot take care of a child. Yeah. And her mother, rough. who is, like, finally moving on with her life, should not have to, like, be the parent of this grandchild. I don't know. I mean, she kind of owes it to Emily. <sighs> no, because then we'd just have another Rory. We we saw what kind of... We don't want to reproduce this... this... <laughs> I don't need another one of those. No. Yeah. During our conversation, we have actually mentioned a whole lot of cameos that yes. I should have appreciated more, and I should probably recant my earlier statement of wanting to see more super fans and callbacks. But one of my absolute favorites is that there is a mention of Pat Kiernan, who is the morning news anchor on New York One, the cable news channel in new york that if you've lived in new york you love pat kiernan and they do he does in the papers every morning so he has the stack of newspapers and he reads the headlines off the front of them and holds them up and that's adorable (laughs) and did you live in new york they also don't be um yes so (laughs) and also my favorite thing is that for fully one minute every hour one whole minute every hour they focus on the world beyond New York. What? Good there job. is a segment. It is one minute an hour. And it <laughs> says, and now for the news in the world beyond New York. <laughs> There's no such thing. Yeah. I uh, I cried like three times. You cried three times? I Wait, cried, like, three times. 
Only three? I cried the first time they talked about Richard being dead. Yeah, okay. And I cried at some other Richard point. I forget when. And then I cried when Suki was in the kitchen. Ugh. Okay. See her. So, see, I got teary when Suki showed up because for some reason I read something weeks, months ago that Melissa McCarthy was not coming back and that stuck in my head and I hadn't been reading up on things. And so there was that. I got emotional about Emily being in Nantucket. Yeah, I I have a note that says, I want to go to the museum where Emily Gilmore is the the tour guide. Yeah, that would be fun, considering what a show she put on there in the last... uh... (laughs) She's like, I'll give you all a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and the kids are, like, crying. Well, I'm sorry, kids, but nature is harsh, okay? Yep. The human history is harsh. I thought they did a good job of bringing back cast people... There were only a few people, like, missing. Well, like, okay, one of the ones that made me so happy but is so bizarre is that Sebastian Bach came back. Yes! Yes! To do a song. And, like, that made me so excited because, I I mean, Hep Alien is just, like, the stupidest storyline ever, but I always loved it <laughs> so much. And then Sebastian Bach was like, I mean, my nephew is named Sebastian for Sebastian Bach. Okay. Awesome. Not so, for the crab in The Little Mermaid. <laughs> no, I Hold my sister. No, it's for, it's for, because he's the lead singer of Skid Row, and that was her in sync, basically. And Park so, Avenue leads to Skid Row. Is that a lyric or just a factoid? Yes. <laughs> I was okay. just thinking that we saw Jason Stiles and we saw Christopher, but we didn't see Max Medina. Oh, Max! I liked Max! Oh. I don't know how they would have wedged Max in there. Didn't they end on kind of crappy terms anyways? Probably. Did she ditch him, like, right before their wedding? Yeah, but I thought they saw each other after that. Anyway, I don't know. Also, okay, what's up with Lane? What do you mean, what's up with Lane? I was glad that she was in multiple episodes. I mean, yeah, except, like... She's just, like, just there. She's just there, and also didn't she spend the entire series rebelling against her mom, and now she still works at the antique store? Yep. I don't think so. (laughs) I deny that. That's not the reality I choose to believe. I don't think Lane is working in her mom's antique store still. Okay. Denied. It also (laughs) seems like she and Rory don't... Talk ever? They're not really... Talking well, friends? It must be really yeah. hard for her to conjure interest in Rory's problems <laughs> when she is living a life and raising a family. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And probably vice versa. Like, oh no, the antique store didn't make sales today? Mm. <laughs> uh, she could write an article about it. She could. Oh my god. Book number two! I liked the REI product placement in the wild scenes. Okay, wait, can I interrupt you? Because I just thought about the best stupid joke ever. Yes. <laughs> Second book needs to be called Lane's World. Oh my god. Yes! We uh, need to watch that. All so- signs are po- pointing to us watching that movie. <laughs> yes, we do. It's so dumb. Um, yeah, I did like the REI shoutouts too. That was great. I wonder if copies of Wild surged after this. <laughs> That's a good question. I wonder if they did. Sales, wild sales. It was nice of them to do it, and I bet that that is the case along the Pacific Crest Trail now. 
for real. I bet it is too. Oh, you know what part I did like? I did like when she called her mom with the real memory. I like that too. Of yes. him at the mall with the pretzel. Yes. That was very nice. And I that's I was like sobbing, like ugly crying. And that, and that's when Jason looked up and was like, no, really, are you okay? Because I was like, <gasps> trying not to, like, like make loud So sobbing. that was, like, a, a moment that happened in the original series that I feel like did not happen with Rory and anyone. You know, like, a real emotional yeah, you're right. note. You're right. She didn't have, like, a anything. I mean, even Luke and Lorelai in the kitchen where he's like, you can't leave! And he has his impassioned oh. speech. Oh my that god, felt it's like, so good. That felt yeah. like an honest... Yeah, you're right. She didn't do anything. Even when she was... the Like, the closest was when she and Logan were taking leave of each other. Right. And it was still hollow. Yeah, you're right. She didn't do I can't believe that. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I can't believe that Lorelai let Luke talk that long in the kitchen with his impassioned speech. She has never let anyone talk. Uh, yeah, but she pro. So her complaint was that like he never said anything, and she never said anything. So maybe she just wanted to hear what he had to say. Right. Yeah. When when you when so, when someone you know is not like a talker or like mushy, and then all of a sudden he's just like yelling at her how much he loves her, I would shut up and listen too. I would just be like, take this all in. Listen to every Wait, word. Wait, let me get my phone so I can record right. this. <laughs> so that next time I'm like, do you even love me? I can just replay this. Make it my ringtone. Exactly. Yes, I love it. By the way, okay, totally unrelated. Rory comes back from having her first one night stand. Fine. Tells her mom, ew. But her mom's first question is not, did you use protection? When the whole, like point of the show is random single mom hello ask your kid if she used a condom or is on birth control that's why Why is that not a question that's why i think it's the wookies kid oh i don't because want it to be i'm i logan is too careful to not yeah. logan would not be messing with the dynasty right and i don't think logan's like long for this world i saw i saw some image on the show that was like Logan is Rory's Christopher. Yeah. And then Jess is the Luke. But I could also see that they would just do a total upset and like maybe the Wookiee is someone they're waiting to cast and it's like someone great like Eddie Redmayne or something. And then Rory <laughs> will get this totally new fantastic love. But I think that lingering look from Jess at the end of the series was like... Yeah, I do too. Even though think... I'm not a Jess fan. So my dreams for a future of this series... It's just Lorelai and Luke, Michelle and Suki, and like the regular town people. Right. Rory is off in Europe. <laughs> you don't even want her in there, huh? Emily is having fun in Nantucket, and she's gotten Berta her own place. <laughs> and, and learned what language she learned speaks. What, it's like they, they go to uh, language classes together. Mm-hmm. And Paris... <laughs> Has taken a consulting job. She's having her, like, midlife crisis and realizing she's bisexual. Right. And there's no mention of Logan or anyone from the Life and Death Brigade. Um, The end. So, where is Jess's small press based? Isn't it in Philadelphia? 
So can we send them off there? Sure, you can send Rory to Philadelphia. Because I think that he is her only connection in publishing and the only way she's going to get this book published. (laughs) So she needs to go off and write her book on his dime and let him publish it and stay in Philly. Okay. Because they have Wegmans and Wawa. That works for me. And Waffle House. She -hmm. can see uh, Paris occasionally from Philly pretty easily. Right. They can Skype. Yeah. So who is Paris going to date d- during her uh, exploratory phase? Oh my god. Well, we this could pick anyone ever. in, in yeah. any realm. Right. Someone from Girls. <laughs> Shh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to veto that. Let's see. Okay, I think that she should she should date someone like crazy first, you know, like Miley Cyrus or um, that British girl. Who's gay? That what with the eyebrows? Kara? <laughs> Kara Delevingne? Yeah, there you go. That girl. She's great. So she has to date somebody who's just like totally crazy. Well, that's and get what, that yeah, in her, her exploratory phase. She needs right, to right. Have, be like transitional and then settle her right. her mind around the whole thing. But who would her like wife be? It'd have to be someone who's kind of like a weird hippie to balance her like drive. So she needs someone who wears like turquoise bracelets. So like mm. a Dharma character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like also accept science and they vaccinate their kids and stuff. Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. I don't know who that who is the perfect lesbian for Paris to marry. This is a good question. I'm have, yeah, think I think I'm going to have to think about this. <laughs> she can start googling New York lesbians. I literally googled famous lesbians. <laughs> It has to and... be famous young lesbians. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's Maybe see. Maybe she yeah. needs to be or... Tegan and or Sarah. <laughs> Tegan and or Sarah. Okay. <laughs> and or. Yeah, I mean, that could work. Famous young lesbians. Jason's going to see my browser history and be like, hmm. Interesting. <laughs> what you doing? Interesting choice. Shopping. Research. Just Yeah, shopping. <laughs> Research. I don't see anybody good. Uh, too bad. She could. We'll find someone. We'll we, find someone. We'll find someone. How so about we'll Taraji P. Henson from Empire? Okay. <laughs> oh my God. I kind of love that. Okay. But also maybe they could just make a buddy film where it's Paris and Cookie. Okay. Because I love both of them so much. I think if you could just have a road trip movie with Paris and Emily, then and... that would be fun. <gasps> that would oh be my good. God. Oh my god. I love that. So we have we have strayed a little bit. A little bit. And I wondered if oh. we had any final thoughts on <laughs> Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life uh, that we wanted to share. Yes. I did despite everything I have said here, I did enjoy watching it. And you know, I listened to Oh Witch Please and people are like, You spend all of your time taking apart Harry Potter from every angle and they say it's not that we don't love it it's that we are critically engaging with it so it's that we do love it right. and we have a lot of feelings we about it we have a lot of feelings about it so yeah exactly that is what we're doing critically engaging and if it seems heavy on criticism that's because we expect a lot we have exactly. high expectations for those we love we did not talk about the Marie Kondo reference we Ooh. here at Bellwether Friends headquarters believe in the life-changing <laughs> magic of tidying up and also the life-changing magic of using things up. 
So we appreciated that shout out. We appreciated seeing Carol King. We appreciated seeing Carol oh, yeah. King. And Louise Goffin. That was nice. Those gals. I I liked the first several instances of the Wi Fi password thing. Oh, that was great in until the diner. it wasn't. Yeah. Um I didn't it it went on for a really long time. I wanted it to go on forever, though. I did not want yeah. someone to have given out the real password and but for everybody to, to be it, roosting in the diner. But that, that, I, that's the one time I appreciated Jess when he went in the back and was like, yank, That was the best part. I could have done without the everybody got it and was just sitting there. Yeah. yeah. I think they done the yank out of the wall just to put an end to the fake password thing. Yeah. Yes. But I did like that moment of Jess. But that's why Jess is great. I also liked when he first saw Luke again, he took his hat off and threw it. Ugh, classic Jess. <laughs> Such a trickster. Such a scamp. Such Jess. a scamp. Oh, for heaven's sake. I keep looking at my notes trying to figure out if I've missed anything. I feel like all of the things, like the town meeting and the, the, the festivals and the gazebo in the town, as I was driving home tonight... There is a, there's a roundabout in the middle of our town that has a gazebo in it, and it was festooned with holiday lights as I was driving home tonight. I was like, hashtag life in New England. Oh, <laughs> I want to live in New England. Oh, maybe you should visit or, first. Maybe like, we'll talk <laughs> offline. You should visit. Let me drive you around. <laughs> I either want to live in Stars Hollow or the the town from Ghost Whisper. It's also I think maybe they even filmed like kind of in part of the Stars Hollow lot. <laughs> so stupid cute and unrealistic in every way. Yes, that would be New England. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us. Do you have Wait, Yes. What? Do you have a musical obsession, Paula? Yes. All right. Oh, God, what is it? <laughs> oh, well, right now it's really just Hamilton again. Still again? Yeah, still again. We have I don't a good know. segue I just... for that. And there were Hamilton references in the Gilmore Girls a year in the last. Yeah. Yes, yeah, there were. Right. So do you have a specific song that you are obsessed with? Yes, I'm listening to, because this is how it is. It's it's a long album. Yes, yes it it's 43 songs. It's two so and a half the... hours long. Yeah, exactly. So the first time I listened to it, I listened to about the first half of it and then like learned all the lyrics or whatever. And then I went back and I started listening to the rest. So I, I heard the, you know, uh, wait, wait for it. What is it? Yes. Wait for it. I don't know. It's, it's so good. That's Aline's, it's uh, that's all favorite. I've been listening to. Is that the one yeah. that we were shouting at each other on yeah. Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Wait for it. That Except is wait for, for it. I, I can't say that one word. So I'm like belting out and I'm like, I am in the Inimitable. 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 Yeah, every time I'm like, I am in the minimal. I am an original. Yeah. I'm so good at words. This is probably my favorite song in the history of all songs. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. And I love the way he says goddamn. It's so cute. There's this weird accent thing on it that he does. Oh, it. oh, good. I can I can speak to that as well. Anna, what's your musical obsession? Well, segueing from Hamilton to a different property with songs by Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> if you're a Lin-Manuel Miranda fan, you will want to go see Moana real quick. Stat. Really? Because he, he did the music. He did a lot of right. the music. 
And right. the songs are catchy. And also the the movie is really great. So my musical obsession is Where You Are, which is sung by Moana's dad and oh. mom and grandma and her. And the voice of Moana's dad is Christopher Jackson. He's not the speaking voice. He's just the he's singing, just the singing voice. voice. The speaking voice is Django Fett. <laughs> <laughs> what? From the Star Wars prequel movies. A.K.A. the dad of Boba Fett. Anyway, look it up. So that song is super great, and I'm just going to pass it to you. And my musical obsession is also from Moana. We saw Moana on Thanksgiving Day, and we loved every second of it and thought it was adorable, and we are obsessed with all of the songs from it, so we had to narrow it down. But during the movie, this song started, and I turned to Anna and I said, this is my musical obsession. And it's called (laughs) We Know the Way. And it is by Opetaya Fawa'ai and Lin-Manuel Miranda. Okay. And it is really good. <laughs> <laughs> and so the singers, the guy who wrote the song's name I, that I probably mispronounced horribly, he is a Pacific Islander. And I don't remember the name of his country, but I will post a link to the article that I read about the translation of it. It has a language that is not like Berta's language. It is a Pacific Islander language that only 3,500 people speak. And it is... it. So they sing in this other language, and they also sing in English. And Lin-Manuel is singing on it. And it is awesome and catchy and wonderful, and we like to sing it. And listening to the, the way Lin-Manuel says story in Hamilton and in Moana is just so charming, I can't get over it. That is my musical obsession. Hey, Paula, what's your regular obsession? Oh, God, I don't know. Uh, ice cream? There you go. been eating a lot of ice cream lately, you guys. Any particular flavor? Yeah, it's so boring. 
uh, just chocolate chip. Okay. Like it's vanilla like with chocolate chips? Yeah, isn't that horrible? I, I feel like at every phase of my life right now, if you told them what I was eating right now, every previous Paula would be like, Wow. Yeah, we have fallen. <laughs> Is have there fallen. a brand that does it really well? <laughs> she says unbelievingly. She just says the, whatever's on sale at the grocery store. Well, no, I am very choosy about my ice cream. Um, Briars is a no-go. That is the worst ice cream in the world. Yeah, it's made um, of foam. It's just, like, grainy and, and like, dry? How is ice cream dry? I don't know. It's weird. I, I do a lot of dryers. Okay. The slow churn is the low fat. And then uh, recently I got some Tillamook. I'm a fan of Tillamook ice cream. Very much so. It is amazing. Yeah, the chocolate peanut butter Tillamook is my preferred flavor. What, what do they, what kind of, how is the peanut butter in there? It's chocolate ice cream with a swirl of actual peanut butter. <laughs> okay, see, that's the goods. When it's peanut butter flavored ice cream, mm, No, never. But like Baskin Robbins puts it the real peanut butter in it gets kind of hard. Yep. It's fantastic. Yes, that's what, this has got like a, a rock hard peanut butter ripple through it. It's wonderful. Oh. Give it a try okay. sometime. Yeah, that might be when I venture out of my wild chocolate chip. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. Anna, yeah. what are you obsessed with? I am obsessed with the book that I purchased. It's by Courtney Milan. It's called Hold Me. It's book two of her Cyclone series. It comes after Trade Me. Courtney Milan lives in the Pacific Northwest. Many good people do. Also, there's ice cream. Yes. <laughs> there's so much ice cream here. So. I wouldn't even believe it. The story is, it's a romance novel, the story is there is a trans woman who runs a blog where she explores various end-of-the-world scenarios, and she does it anonymously, so no one knows who she is, but she's had this commenter for the last long while that she, like, has struck up a flirtatious relationship with and messages with, and it's been, like, 19 months that they've been flirting. Meanwhile, in real life, she runs into this guy who's a ginormous jerk to her. And of course they're the same person. Obviously. Obviously. I'd be disappointed if they weren't. Right. So the reveal of, like, how they know each other slash don't know each other at all Mm -hmm. is not nearly as obnoxious as one might fear. I will say that I was worried that there's going to be a lot of, like, one person knows, but they won't tell the other person because of Mm. stupid reason, X and Y. That doesn't happen at all. I can tell you that. It's no you've got mail? It's no you've got mail slash in the good old summertime slash the shop around the corner. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And I prefer that. I prefer not to have a web of lies. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) And, you know, the other great thing is the 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 trans woman is Latina and the main guy is Asian and like they have a variety of friends of different races and sexual what orientations. What about the white people? There are some white people. Don't worry. Just kidding. <laughs> but not very many. It's kind of refreshing. It's a lot like Moana, where there's the only one person that's coded white in the whole movie. What? It's great. He's a villainous crab Who's coated white in Moana? You don't think the villainous crab guy is 
Who sings Shiny is coated white? Oh, no, because he, no, well, he's coated David Bowie. Okay, David Bowie. White. I thought it was Jermaine. It, it is, is Jermaine, but he's coated Bowie. What does coded mean? Like, he just, he's, the song is very Bowie-esque. Oh, okay. And he's very shiny. His song is called Shiny. I just added the whole thing to my Google Play Good thing, idea. so I'm going to listen Good to idea. it tomorrow. Okay. So anyway, okay. coming from a mainstream romance novelist, to have this bevy of diverse characters is so refreshing and so wonderful, and that is why I'm obsessed with it. That's awesome. My obsession is a game I've been playing on my phone that I learned about. Wait for it. Uh Uh-oh. I was looking at the list of Oprah's favorite things on Oprah's website (laughs) because I like to click through it every year and see if there's anything that I already own. (laughs) Or something you can afford. There's never anything I can afford. Um, But one of the sidebar adverts on her site was <laughs> play bold moves. And this is bold moves by Oprah. And it is a game that is a little bit like bejeweled and a little bit like two dots and a little bit like all of these obsessive ga- little like mindless matching games. And then you go through your levels and it has an element of wheel of fortune because there will be little letters in some of the jewels that you match and then they fill in the gaps. And if you get all of the matches that you need to complete the level, then you have to wheel of fortune the rest of it and get your quote because they're all these inspirational quotes. So it... (laughs) (laughs) Anna sighs. This is the woman who leans over my shoulder and says, do that one, do that one. And when I'm trying to get through a level, I'm on like level 67 right now. And it's gotten to the point. And if you play two dots, it's gotten to the point where there's like the flame things that you have to keep away and you can't get through the level without practicing a whole bunch of times or using some of your boosts. But (laughs) um, it's called Bold Moves. And there are so many fun plays on words that you can use for that as well that I... uh, have a good time with it also you've like completed compassion and all of your journeys oh right there are like six different journeys because the quotes are coded for aspiration and growth and happiness and every now and then it'll be like aspiration complete (laughs) great (laughs) and i'm like good i can stop now this sounds crazy Uh, but i want it but i'm looking in my app store and they don't have an android version yet what yep uh, Oprah. Unbelievable. Right? Wait, are you sure you wrote bold moves instead of like bold strokes or bowel <laughs> movement or anything like that? Uh, yeah. Maybe bold. you can download it directly from the Oprah website? Oh, okay. Let's try that. I don't. I'll try that. I don't know. But uh, that's what I've been obsessed with. So guess what? We made it to the end of our show. We made it to the end. So we always say in the introduction that we talk about a couple of topics. In the last several episodes, we have not even managed to keep one topic to a reasonable length of time. (laughs) So we might need to change our opening script. Well, yeah, maybe. I think you can just do whatever you want. That's right. We can do whatever we want. Excellent. So there.
Boom. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm Anna, <laughs> and you can find me online at Helga Grace, H-E-L-G-A-G-R-A-C-E. I'm Aline, and you can find me on Twitter at Surly Spice, S-U-R-L-Y-S-P-I-C-E. I'm Paula, and you can find me at Twitter. Nope, on Twitter. <laughs> I only had one tiny glass of wine. You had one job, Paula. <laughs> I, gold moves. Um, on Twitter, at Nerdista, N-E-R-D-I-S-T-A. Yay! And our in and out music was provided by the lovely Julie Jurgens. You can find her on Twitter, or at Twitter, or in Twitter. <laughs> I'm Miss Julie, H-I-M-I-S-S-J-U-L-I-E. Bye! Bye!